0: Welcome, everyone, to Watch Challenge. At each episode, we challenge ourselves to find and watch a film of a particular type, and then we port the results back to each other, and you find listeners as well. My name is Aaron Spears. And I'm Mike Went. This episode's Halloween Theme
1: Challenge is giallo films and boy aaron i'm gonna have to say of all of our episodes so far this was the most challenging for oh really
0: <laughs> challenging to to find films or not so much i think it, it's just more that it
1: is a genre of film that i know almost uh just looking at you know if you look if you look up the Wikipedia page for Giallo films yeah, it, and I, it's like nervously scrolling through almost having seen none of them <laughs> except for, you know, one very obvious thing. And I, I'm not sure if it's, it's one of the honorable mentions or not. So no, I'm sure. going to, I'll, I'll refrain from saying which one that, that might be. Sure. But, uh but yeah, it's just, um, uh, i i that's why I love doing this uh this podcast and and having these things because it really does open my eyes you know to yeah certain films that I probably should have seen but uh for I whatever reason
0: just a lot to <laughs> didn't yeah <laughs> i I really only i really only got into horror in general i would say as like giving it some serious thought within the last maybe four or five years, yeah, and I don't. I don't know why, because I had friends in film school, again, like I was doing, I was on the the history side of it, um, wasn't doing production, but I had friends who were just like, you got to watch Suspiria, you got to watch Phenomena, and I watched some of these, not that those are Giallo, but like- Sure. um, Well, actually, no, I think there is some some crossover with Suspiria, I think I've seen that on a few different lists, but um, yeah, I was like around some, but like, it just never grabbed me until- uh, a couple years ago with actually one of the ones I'll mention. I was like, oh, I know. I should have owned that one already. I should have seen it. So I just blind on Arrow video and I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. I don't know if on my blind spot for Giallo films comes from not enjoying Italian neorealism when I had to study that in college. Mm-hmm. and Maybe I just wrote off all Italian films unfairly. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you
1: know, it's like so many of the you know, you and I are both frequenters of the, the cinema tech, you know, yeah. I mean, there are certain Italian directors that come up frequently when you, you know, you know when, when the new, sch- when a new schedule comes out, you're like, yeah. Oh, okay. Like Antonioni's got, you know, <laughs> you yeah, know, he or, just you know, like you Antonioni. know, stuff like that. Yeah. Or, uh, <laughs> uh, why, why can't I think a uh, Fellini, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, obviously, you know, gets a lot of love, but, uh, but, yeah, so, I mean, it's, like, not that Italian cinema is a is a blind spot, but, you know, this specific genre right. just seems to be, you know, it, it was, like, wildly popular in that part of the world.
0: Yeah, and I like, too, for, like, a specific um, kind of time period as well. Like, I, yeah. I saw, like, 68 to 78 kind of thrown around a lot, although it's one of those things, like, well, as a, as a genre, really more of a style, I think, is kind of more how I was reading about it. Um, yeah it, it it does have ripple effects and has lasted and um even the uh video archives podcast that Tarantino and Roger Avery do um they just did one with Eli Roth about american inspired giallo films so like mm. taking those same genre elements but doing them in an american context uh which is like oh that's even more stuff to put on my watch list now <laughs> <laughs> yeah which i think i mentioned to you I, I i one of the fun things doing research on this one like we definitely try to keep our picks to ourselves until we hit record which kind of I think propels the conversation, but I was saying like, Oh, well, my watch list was longer. My two watch list is much longer than my having watched. <laughs> oh my so gosh. Yeah. On. So absolutely. Uh, I did as I was trying to find like some good authoritative stuff to give me um, an intro to it. Like I knew the term and I knew a couple of the big names, you know, the Fulchies and the Babas and uh, the Argentos, you know, were out there uh, working within this genre. Um, I was like, okay I don't even know where the name came from so I was looking up that so it was like oh what a surprise it's it's yellow in Italian I don't know Italian (laughs) (laughs) Um, but it's just yellow which apparently refers to these uh, paperback mysteries that a certain publisher would put out earlier that were always uh, had a yellow cover to them with usually kind of like a look like kind of a circle design where like there was an image inside the circle but like it was a very identifiable like if you saw that book on the rack you're like oh that's a that's a you know, giallo mystery. So like a crime thriller, maybe leans a little bit more into the, the horror psychological. Some of it seems kind of slasher or proto slashery as well. Yeah. Um, And then of course, because of the way naming conventions happen with people writing in English um, spaghetti Westerns are a thing. So now these become known as spaghetti slashers. And I was like, I don't think I like that title as much. I think (laughs) I like giallo.
1: Yeah. Well, it seems there, there also seems to be a sense of, uh, if not like um, super sexual or or, or hypersexual or at it, at it, it least very least like erotic in some ways, you yes, know, which I think is kind of interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah, some of the uh, stuff I was reading on, I was like, okay, this really okay. Brian De Palma is a big fan of oh yeah. <laughs> the genre, yeah, because uh, a lot of what they are describing stuff that I hadn't seen from this genre, but I've seen from from Brian De Palma's output, especially early De Palma. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's that's what he was watching and interested in
1: yeah and i, I think like a good um uh, you know and i'm sure um i'm not sure if if eli roth uh you know in tarantino when they did this podcast if they if they talked about like one of the more recent films that kind of emulated this style uh was uh last night in soho uh the edgar wright movie that came out last year it, it, have you seen that one aaron i've seen the film yeah yeah yeah, it, it you know definitely has like some Argento vibes and yeah. uh it, you know it has like a little bit of that slasher but then there's also like a little bit of like eroticism but it's it's not overtly but uh I actually that was one of my favorite movies of of last year. You know, maybe that it should have inspired me to look at those <laughs> back then but uh I'm I'm usually about
0: like the films of the moment. <laughs> right, right, right. Also strong central mystery uh, to that one, which also seems like a hallmark of um, yeah, Giallo from the limited stuff I've seen, but then also reading about it, you know, like lavish sets, bold colors, mm-hmm. um, really a great sense of like costume design. Um, like you said, violence, nudity, eroticism. I, the ones that I've seen as well, one of the things that stand, I don't know if this is true for the whole genre, but a lot of POV shots because yeah. the central mystery is who is the killer. And they set it up with maybe you see an element of like you see like a gloved hand or like, you know, uh, the hand holding the knife or the footsteps or something. Yeah. Switching to POV shots allows you to not even get to see a silhouette. Is it does it look like a man or woman, tall, short, whatever? Um, So it keeps that central murder mystery. Usually, actually, even I think all of the ones I can think of that I've seen off the top of my head or looking at my notebook, I feel like it's sort of like the reveal at the end and then, bam, hard credits like there's no. And then well, it, was a yeah. it was just like, here's the killer, here's the end, here's the motivation, boom, credits. And I was like, all right, I I kind of like this, in and out, you know. Usually like a, a, a tight seventy five to eighty minutes, maybe a touch longer on some of them, but yeah, these are not generally from what I've I've looked at or seen, like you know, two and a half hour jalo, you know, epics.
1: Yeah, no, I think all the elements that you described perfectly. You know, and I, I'm sorry if I'm not trying to put the, the cart in front of the horse, but, uh, you know, perfectly described my ultimate pick or <laughs> that, oh, okay. that, that happened. So uh, I, I look forward to diving into that yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. in the next uh, few minutes here. Let's <laughs> do
0: the uh, the honorable mentions as we'd like to do maybe a couple of films that are either added to our watch list that we're intrigued by, especially in this case, as we're kind of, you know, just just diving in uh, yeah. to a genre or something that we have seen. They were like, OK, this is pretty good maybe not our picks, but like, you know, still a recommend Uh,
1: one that I was trying to find (laughs) and I'm sure I just, I just have to do a little deeper dig, but it's one that I, I definitely want to check out is called killer. Nun from 1979, (laughs) uh, which is a nun sploitation uh, for horror film. Um, And it says it, it follows a nun after recovering from brain surgery grows increasingly paranoid that her health is again, declining. Uh, (laughs) um, And it, so like she starts indulging in opioids and uh, spirals into addiction and madness with violent consequences. To me, that sounds like a fun time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Strong title and the, Posters, pretty killer. Looking at that. Oh right my now. god! Yeah, yeah. Um, they even censor the uh, you know the butt crack. In, yeah, in yeah, the posters, yeah. So <laughs> I was, was going to say that. Um, so one of the ones that I ended up picking. Well, I'll talk about that one in a second. because that's actually my pick for this one. But sure. the titles, <laughs> the titles and the posters, man. I, oh, oh I was just yeah. Through some list just going like, oh my, like uh, the three I wrote down, and I, I, I hopefully these are not uh, any overlap picture, but a suitcase for a corpse. <laughs> a bloodstained Butterfly. Yeah. And then one that was called Death Walks on High Heels. I was like, God mm. damn, these are, these, they know how to name a movie over in, yeah.
1: over in Italy. <laughs> Holy cow.
0: The first one I wanted to do, just a quick shout out in my honorable mentions, would be the first one of these, uh, these Jalos that I actually watched. It was a, a blind buy from Aero Video uh, a few years back. And it's an Argento film. It's actually his first movie that he, mm. uh, his debut feature film. The bird with a crystal plumage. Interesting. It was one of those that I was like, man, I, I that movie's been recommended to me so many times over the years. I'm just buying it. All right, I'm gonna throw on the money. I'm grabbing the Blu-ray. It has a, I didn't get all the way through yet, but it's got a commentary with like you know a giallo film historian. I was like, oh my god, he's rattling off titles that I'm just taking notes. I'm, gotta find that. Gotta find that. Gotta find that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's from 1970 again. Uh, Dario Argento, his debut, but it's also got uh, Tony Musante in it who. I love as an actor and I think criterion featured like a him as like they had one of those like kind of playlists. Here's like seven or eight of his films. Yeah. A little while ago uh, he did one called the incident where he and Martin Sheen are two like youth hoodlums that kind of basically hold hostage, not literally hold hostage, but via terror uh, all members of a subway car. It's like a black yeah. and white movie. Um, oh my God. It's so tense, but he, he stars in this one as a guy, he's an American, I believe, or he's at least English speaking more on that in a second uh i think he's an american (laughs) writer um he's vacationing in rome and he's see he witnesses a black gloved assailant dressed in a raincoat uh murder someone like at an art gallery so then he's you know he's a writer so he's intrigued by the mystery and he's trying to solve it but it's also within kind of high-ish society around like the art world um, yeah in rome at this time period and you know it's all, all all the hallmarks we already mentioned are kind of like already there in this 1970 argento film his debut as i mentioned and You know, damn, it's like one of those early ones mentioned is like really kickstarting this genre.
1: No, it's crazy. You know, he's uh, he's now in his 80s and um, just uh, just this past week uh, in a theater local here to Ohio in Akron. They were Mm -hmm. just playing it called Dark Glasses. Um, I unfortunately I didn't get to catch it. But I mean, for some reason, I I was under the assumption like he was retired or you know he was just of the age where he wasn't making films yeah, anymore yeah. but um, hey he's still around and kicking i mean that's that's i, I think that's pretty awesome like when you see uh, some of these uh, aging directors still, still putting that. out putting out films i mean yeah, that's just yeah. pretty awesome absolutely
0: uh did you have any other honorable mentions mike anything else?
1: i uh all right so there's one other one that i'm definitely adding to my list just okay. because once again of the title Uh, but uh, so sweet, so perverse. Um, (laughs) So, uh, you know, it tells the story of a wife who plots to get rid of a rich and errant husband, but is herself the victim of her accomplices. Um, I don't know. It's just so many great titles, so many... The the posters alone, I I don't know. But uh, I don't know. I I mean, I could have easily said Suspiria, you know, for... (laughs) one of the honorable mentions you know and obviously that's that's probably one of the most you know that that's the one that i that i knew the best but mm-hmm. uh i you know once again i gotta expand outside of that that little bubble
0: yeah 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 <laughs> and i've noticed too uh when i was searching for where some of these things are being shown at um there's a few that are kind of bouncing around on shutter but i was finding a lot once again on tubi yeah because they just deep dive for uh you know, some of these, um, I don't know, like deeper archive, uh, titles, uh, Absolutely, out yeah. there. Um and also on, uh, give or take a few on, on Amazon, but also some rental fees included there. But you had mentioned, do you want to talk about this with your pick, Mike, or do you want to talk about it now with the idea of like, are we watching these in dubbed in English or are we watching these in the original Italian with English subtitles?
1: Yeah, I, I guess i I can just dive into, uh, the film that I ended up picking. Um, and one of the, th- you know, before I guess I reveal the title, it's like I noticed by you know in Wikipedia obviously it is always like such a help with <laughs> with episodes, um, but uh, I noticed that almost every every one of these titles has an alternative title um, that it's known as, yeah. um, and when I first found the the film that I ended up picking. Which is uh, The Italian title Is uh, The Girl Who Knew Too Much By Mario Bava The supernatural powers of the evil eye Claim still another victim Its malevolent enjoyment of tantalizing torture Hangs threateningly over John Saxon Leticia Roman and Valentina Corteza.
0: Oh, she was always against me. She hated me.
1: (sighs) Madness. And the maddening aura that destroys reason fills their every breath with the smell of death. Miss Drossel, have you ever seen a murder before?
0: No, no, I've never seen anything like that, never. Oh, stop playing games, will you, Landini? I don't know what you're trying to do, but I know that you're, you're involved in this. Perhaps Nora has seen the killer, but how do we know that he hasn't seen her?
1: The evil eye, like relentless tides, reaches out for them. And they defiantly hold ecstasy and horror in their arms and touch lips with terror while the evil eye watches their every kiss. And invades their subconscious. Widely considered the first Giallo film. So mm. I figured, like, when I went into this, if I was kind of... If this was a big cinematic cinematic a blind spot, I should just start from the beginning. Fr- yeah. Right from the horse's mouth. But uh, where I found it first was on the Roku channel, where they had an uh, English language version uh which is called the evil eye and uh that was so i watched that but then i found on youtube i was able to find the italian version um and i prefer i much preferred the italian version i thought the you know the english versions i'll explain in a second what some of the differences are okay but um so basically this film it follows this uh you know this very beautiful actress her name's Leticia Roman uh who was she had like a pretty good run there in the 60s but beyond the 60s uh she retired from acting and she uh actually became um a realtor in Hollywood i oh. guess was a very like well known realtor until she retired like about 10 years ago but this is uh so basically it's about this you know you have this young woman she's on a plane she's already like she like runs into this like odd man on the plane who's trying to sell her cigarettes and uh all this stuff and you find that the cigarettes are laced with marijuana so like that's already right away like she's like You know, her first impressions of going to, you know, she's taking this trip and she's just like, you know, already like something's going wrong. She's like kind of afraid that she's going to get caught with these cigarettes laced with (laughs) marijuana. Uh, But then uh, she ends up going to uh, stay at this this house and um, she's going to visit an aunt basically and... I think, you know, she meets the aunt and within, like, five minutes, the aunt uh, p- passes away. So it's like, her trip is already starting on this bad note. She oh, had yeah. this weird interaction with the guy. Aunt dies. And then, uh, so one night, she's just, like, walking walking out around the, the compound of this, you know, it, it's kind of, like, almost like a, it's a hotel, but it's, like, a very nice hotel. It's almost like a castle. Um, she notices this this woman is uh, screaming in pain and has like a knife in the back of her head and um, slowly, but surely she starts to unravel this whole plot in which the women who are being killed, it's like an alphabetical order by their last name. So the first woman was an A, the next woman's a B and her last name starts with a D. So she kind of starts to fear for her life yeah. And um, it's uh, it, it's done really well. At first, it moves pretty fast, and then it kind of dips into a little bit slower. But then it leads to this conclusion where the final reveal uh, reveal happens, mm-hmm. and then you you know you realize who the killer is. And it's I was actually a little bit surprised of who who the eventual <laughs> uh, killer was. But some of the things that that I found really fascinating about the movie. It It is shot in this gorgeous black and white, um, some really great uh, – I, I, and I, I'm i sure with, with all other Giallo films is like that it's just probably marked with great cinematography. Yeah. Um, and this was for uh, Mario Bava. This was the last movie that he shot in black and white. And I imagine if this was in color, it would look – pretty amazing um yeah. uh, i mean it, it looks amazing already in black and white but i think his camera was just you know had a really great way of like every time this uh, actress leticia romant is on screen it's like she is gorgeous yeah. <laughs> and she shot really well um one of the other uh side characters that's in the film or you know supporting characters is an actor american actor john saxon um, Who uh, apparently, you know, spoke fluent Italian, but uh, he's most probably best known to modern audiences as uh, the cop from uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. So. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. OK. And uh, so he's uh, he actually shows up in quite a few of these, you know, not only, you know, he was in a lot of like B movies and stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he ended up being an Enter the Dragon and stuff. But he showed up in quite a few of these um, films as well as Italian, you know, speaking in Italian. So um, I highly recommend this movie. You know, it it, it is the first it is considered the first of this genre. And uh, I'm really glad that I watched both versions just because the American version is. Cuts out all that stuff about the, the marijuana and the cigarettes. Oh, at really? The it, it still has like the weird interaction, but it's like, it kind of cuts, cuts out that stuff. Like some of it is a little more humorous in tone in the American version, mm-hmm. um, where the Italian is a little more, it's more noirish, more, um, you know, I would say f- a little more horror and, and scary. Sure. Um, but uh, highly recommend it if you can give that a shot.
0: Well, especially because I was looking at AIP American International Pictures put it yeah. out in the states, and them cutting out drug content doesn't sound like that. <laughs> yeah, it, it, really it was with interesting. How that, other it, movies were.
1: I was I was actually surprised. Like yeah. it's almost like a little bit watered down, but um, in some of the the like, yeah, there's just certain subtle changes that they made with it and especially in the score mm-hmm. um like it's a more uh it's way different in in the music for the italian version than american so the italian gives it a little more of a mystery a little more allure um i in my opinion
0: that's interesting because the um yeah i was looking up les baxter does the american score which i only know his name because i'd like all those shitty beach party movies from <laughs> <laughs> from the 60s um and he did a bunch of those like a lot of like surf guitar stuff which is weird because like the other well i mentioned in a minute but like the some of the things that were drawing me in to pick some of these giallo films was um uh some directors of photography but also the score um yeah it's pretty wild like even just thinking well of course i'm like suspiri with goblin like some, some of them have really iconic uh iconic scores and then let's switch it out for some American guy, I mean, not the <laughs> yeah. dismissible, you know, uh, musician or anything, but like, it's not the same tone, right? Wouldn't think that is weird. Yeah. It's like, why even buy the movie then? You're not- <laughs> <It's> so, weird. <laughs> so weird, so weird. But I kind of wonder when you are talking about John Saxton as well. Um, I know him from like some of those other like the Eurocrime films, yeah, uh, as well. And I knew he had like a little chunk of his career that he went over to italy and and was able to star in films also much easier because there wasn't quite the language barrier that other actors had watching once upon a time in hollywood uh, a couple years back the whole section where where uh, Leonardo dicaprio's character goes over and makes a few films in 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 europe i was like oh it's kind of the john saxton move all right Uh, i mean there's there were several actors that were doing that but he's he's uh he's a very well-known one because he did so many over there as well
1: yeah well it's interesting when you want when I watched the American or watch the American version, they, I don't know. They must've done, they had some kind of technology back then. I don't know, how, but like, it really looks like they are saying, you know, I, or I don't know if they, if they filmed it twice and they did, you know, okay, say this line in Italian, say this line in English. But like, there are certain times, like it actually, it matches pretty well. It's not like you're watching a Godzilla movie. Uh, you know and it's right off. right right so I, I don't know if there's just like maybe there's certain similarities in the, in the Italian in Italian language with English I, I, I don't know but uh, but yeah it, it, it kind of like blew my mind a couple times
0: like I had to like do a double take a
1: couple, yeah, <laughs> cause yeah I was like I was like oh that's pretty good.
0: no he was in one um i was just checking my letterbox list for a second i think it's called yeah it's called violent naples so like in italy it's one of those police polizio tesco well the euro crime oh yeah yeah and he he was he's in that one and i don't remember if it was in like extras on that dvd i bought like a three pack and he's in two of the three italian like crime movies but yeah, but they were saying how – it was kind of like what you were saying. Okay, take two is like everybody say it in English, and they would just do it phonetically Yeah, um, with folks that they didn't know English too well, which is why you'll see like – if you really watch them too, it sounds like you were doing the same thing I was doing. You're watching like, oh, those lips do match up. But it's not a lot of – I mean, even if they're somewhat dialogue heavy, they cut away from the person who's speaking a yes. lot. Like you'll see like a, maybe a, a word or two as they're talking, then it's a reaction shot, a, a master shot. like So it kind of bounces around camera-wise um so i think it kind of covers up when it doesn't exactly yeah sync up maybe like it's a little way to hide it a little bit but that would be an interesting documentary about interviewing the people who had to dub them. oh god yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah because there were people that were known as like um uh, i am mean, totally drawing a blank on actors there but like you know if you were like if you're watching a marlon brando movie in spain in like the 60s and 70s there was somebody in spain who was who did the Brando Who voice. knew. Yeah. We're like known as the Brando there. Um, yes, well, yeah, that develops. I will say, uh, this Leticia Roman, uh, it
1: said that she, cause like basically her, her film debut was with, uh, Elvis Presley and GI blues, but she was often used a lot of times, um, for Hollywood films when they were dubbed because she spoke, uh, fluently five different languages. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, Damn. including Italian and you know French and Spanish and stuff. So it's like I don't know. She sounds like like the most fascinating person but like yeah. you know her filmography stopped yeah. in uh let's see let me look here again. Yeah, 67 was her wow, very quick. last uh thing. And it was
0: The Big Valley on TV. <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs> so what'd you end up picking Aaron?
0: So I'm going to cheat with a quick throwback to another honorable mention because I was so sure this was going to be my pick and I, I watched it and I was like it's fine but I'm off work for a few days so I squeezed in another one that I want to highlight a little bit more so the one I thought was going to be my pick is a movie called The Fifth Chord mm. which is from 71 uh, that's not a very good title I was just raving about how awesome <laughs> the titles are the actual translated title is Black Day for Ares it's a much better title yeah, it's from director uh, Luigi Bazzoni. But the reason I clicked play on it was the pedigree that went into this movie. It stars Franco Nero, who I, I love. Amazing. Uh, so yeah. I was like, okay, <laughs> I want to watch him. This one, it, one of the things we also mentioned, we should have mentioned to the top, like some of the some of the tropes, some of the genre identifiers for, for Giallo would also be usually a detective is involved or an inspector, I guess, as you would say yeah. in, in Italy, um, or maybe a washed up private eye of some sort, somebody who's investigating, um, usually from the police or an authority point of view. In this case, he's a journalist. So I was already like, okay, here we go. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like this washed up kind of alcoholic journalist, which Franco Nero can play quite well. <laughs> and So I was like, oh my God, I love journalism movies, The uh, journalism movies. This sounds really, really good. And it is a really good one. It's just, it's steeped a little bit more in character development and nuance than some of like the pleasures of like the genre that I was looking for, you know? Yeah. But then what really got me to hit, hit planet was it, the, the director of photography is Vit- uh, Vittorio uh, Storaro who did Apocalypse Now and worked with Woody Allen through the years too. Like if you look up his oh, American yeah. film, you're like, holy shit. Like he's won a bunch of Academy Awards for these amazing, <laughs> like, and, like all of that, the film school generation. The editor is uh, Eugenio. Uh, I'm not even going to try the last name. Uh, he worked on a bunch of spaghetti Westerns. He was the editor for the good, the bad and the ugly. And Ennio Morricone is the composer So I was like oh my, oh god. my god Like yeah. all these four on here And it is a great one it just doesn't quite hit the genre beats I was looking for But I would still say Fifth Chord is definitely worth a watch And one of my honorable mentions But the one I ended up going with Which I did as like an additional watch Is one that I grabbed Only because of the title And the poster and it worked out great uh, It's called The Black Belly Of the Tarantula Ooh, Another great title
1: right <laughs> night, a time for quiet, a time for evil, behind the door, through the window, a time for terror, a terror that leaves a tiny clue, a pattern of blood, repeated again and again, and again, how do you forget? How do you hide from a horror that pierces your most secret moments? How do you escape a death that comes in the night like some monstrous ancient ritual? MGM presents The Black Belly of a Tarantula.
0: A gothic tale of terror and death. So this one, like, I didn't know anybody who's in it. Uh, The director is uh, Paolo Cavara, who I am totally unfamiliar with. The premise of the black belly of the tarantula is uh, Inspector Tallini. So we have our inspector here. He's investigating uh, serial crimes, really a serial murderer where the victims are paralyzed first with an acupuncture needle that's dipped in tarantula venom. (laughs) So that basically he, he numbs them. So they're awake when he, so they're paralyzed, but they're conscious when he, he just stabs into the belly and then just cuts them open. And that's how he kills them. And it's not quite the gory, since we already mentioned Eli Roth. This isn't like an Eli Roth cut your belly open kind of scene. Yeah. It is enough where like the knife is in and it's like a slow pull and you see some more blood coming out, but you're just like, good God, like just really dragging that knife slowly through the <laughs> through the belly. You're like, Jesus Christ. Um, but again, we actually, we do have, as I was surprised, I hit play, I'm watching the credits, you know, again, good poster, great title, give it a shot. It fit the genre. And um, Io Morricone does the score for it because he scored like, hundreds of films yeah. in, his, in his career and this was another one he did um and it, it's great like it's kind of at some points like the violins or whatever the and star sound a little out of tune and it just creates mm. this like kind of creep vibe where you're just like what the hell is going on here um this one too is interesting the most of the murders take place and again these are you know murder mysteries i'm not going to do any spoilers here the the pleasure of watching a murder mystery is you don't know what's going on till the end yeah uh, but the investigation that the inspector Tallini is going into is these people are being blackmailed. So someone's kind of like peeping tom. Uh, these different uh, these different women, uh, for the most part here. Actually, I think exclusively uh, women killed in this one. But also, it seems to be all around this spa. So he's in, so this guy's investigating it. This inspector, but then throughout the whole thing, he's like, "Man, I don't know if I'm cut out to be an inspector because he he really." uh, has some empathy and is, he seems kind of uncomfortable being around a crime scene. Like he's not, he's not abandoning looking into the murders here because he's squeamish. It's just like, Oh my God, the serial kill, like this guy's intense, man. Like, I, I don't know if yeah. I'm out for this sort of work. So it's interesting to have a detective who's not like an alcoholic, but has to pull it together to solve a crime. He's kind of just like, I don't know if this is the right job for me, uh, which is kind of, kind of an interesting way to go. But the killer in this one, it hits a lot of the tropes. Like we said, there's lavish, Kind of you know lavish sets, like great costumes, um, good costume design, a lot of pop and okay. colors going on here. Um, it is a good use of color. Seventy one, so it's not like colors not brand new, but widespread color. You know we're we've got the hang of it now as far as film goes. So it has that seventies like deep red like blood. Oh, um, yeah. Which is kind of kind of fun. It, you know, that's what you're looking for in these types of movies. Uh, the murder mystery is really good. There's so many suspects where you're just like, okay, it's probably that one. Oh, crap. No, it's probably that one. All right. I have it. That is a motive. But it doesn't <laughs> feel like as a cheat. Like it feels genuine. You're like, it's just kept vague enough where you're like, these all seem like they have a pretty good reason to, or <laughs> yeah. suspect. And then another great uh, element I love in a mystery is about 40, 50 minutes into it, uh, Inspector Tellini thinks he's got potentially like a top suspect and then when he goes to confront him outside of a uh, film um, like a photo uh, photo development store the guy runs and you're like oh shit he's got his guy and then that guy he gets hit and hit by a car and killed and you're like wait wait so this isn't the suspect so like it's an interesting red herring where it even gives you a body in the way we're like what wait okay so who who the hell is this then <laughs> um and it does keep you kind of guessing so i guess I maybe there's a little light spoiler there for that one since it's 40 minutes in but i'm not revealing who the actual killer is but it's got a cool idea it has got the blackmail it's got a bunch of red herrings it's got a detective who's you know searching for the killer it's got a great score and in this one it has those pov shots like we already mentioned but instead of wearing uh black gloves which a lot of the killers do in a lot of these movies it it almost looks like really thick but clear gloves so it gives yeah. it like, an inhuman look to the hands which I th- found to be really kinda off putting, <laughs> but in a, a good way for, you know, a horror kind of kind of movie. So um, I would I would recommend this one. And then this one too, it, it wraps up like we said, uh boom, here's the killer, boom, here's the psychology, boom credits. <laughs> and we're just yeah, we're done. We're in and out. This one's maybe like ninety minutes, so it's a little bit longer, but it's got a lot more suspects it's playing with. So
1: Yeah. I, I forgot to mention like oh- Mine was 86 minutes, okay. I think,
0: you yeah. know, so like, it was just like a boom, boom, boom. It yeah, down. none of these are overstaying their welcome <laughs> yeah. uh, at all. Uh, yeah, I highly recommend uh, The Black Belly of the Tarantula. That one um, definitely would get me to check out either more stuff that those actors are in or more stuff that that director did. Um, I didn't really do too much of a uh, deep dive into his career, uh, Paulo Cavra just because I finished watching it about 35 minutes before we started. <laughs> Let's see. I got to look at this. Oh my God.
1: That poster is amazing.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not too, like I'm not a big spider fan, but I would say you do see a tarantula or two in there. There's actually a, a, like, I don't know what a scientist would be that studies spiders, but there's a scientist that inspector Tellini goes to interview for a little bit. And it turns out um, these like glass boxes that these spiders are shipped through like the, I guess through customs, they come in via the, you know, planes. They're like, they're flown in yeah. for, for research purposes. And it turns out the, um, what looked like sand on the bottom of how they're transport is actually cocaine. Um, <laughs> so I was thinking at one point, I was like, oh my God, are we going to have a coked up tarantula in this movie? Which we, we don't, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, but it hints at like a broader um, bit of crime going on as well within the story. Cause now you've got like this, you know, spider, scientist for lack of a better word who's also like implicated <laughs> in drug smuggling because it's the 70s <laughs> not, you know <laughs> the answer to most
1: things it's the 70s <laughs>
0: it's the 80s yeah 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 that is that more 80s you're right than yeah 70s, but, uh italy in the 70s i'll just assume it was just cocaine everywhere as well <laughs> in a lot of those crime movies and there's a lot of cocaine in those movies but, uh so our, uh, our official uh, watch challenge picks for uh, Giallo films this particular episode were The Girl Who Knew Too Much and The Black Belly of the Tarantula. Mike, what challenge do we have in front of us for next time? Our next challenge is Film Noir.
1: If you'd like to send us your picks for this topic, just follow the links in the show notes. Or if you'd like to suggest a topic, we're always taking lists or suggestions, any genres or topics you'd like covered, Watch Challenge Podcast at gmail.com or in the
0: links in the show notes. I didn't discover this until I think it was last year, Mike, that like Noir November is a thing in film geek circles online. So this uh we're actually right in line with uh yeah. with the, the the calendar. Let's take that. the plunge. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. But uh Until next time, folks, if you are enjoying the show, rate and review it in whatever podcast app you are currently listening to us in, and we will see you with the next challenge.